dairy farmers saying they're gratified by a ruling from the state, the, the, the Pollution Control Hearings Board. What's this all about? Well, this is something that we've been talking about for a long time, years. We've been talking about just on this show, and this issue predates even this show coming into being. Welcome back. We continue here on The Farming Show, KGMI News Talk 790. I'm your host for The Farming Show, Dylan Honkoop, our sponsors. And a big thank you to them always, Farmers Equipment Company, McAvoy Oil, and Laurel Farm and Western Supply, the Pollution Control Hearings Board down in, well, technically Tumwater, I guess, heard the arguments. The question was, is the dairy uh, business here in, in Washington State, the dairy industry, the dairy community, our dairy farms which are almost entirely family farms, by the way. I throw that in since I'm with Save Family Farming now. The question is, are they regulated enough? And environmental activists had sued a couple of years, a few years ago, a number of years ago, saying that dairy farms essentially were not, are not regulated enough. And, and recently when the hearings were ongoing down in Olympia, they were saying things like Washington State burns with dairy pollution. You know, you see, I add a little uh, to that there. That, that's that's because that's actually how the uh, the attorney uh, said it in the courtroom and 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 to the uh, TV cameras that were there to talk about it. is Washington burning with manure pollution. Are the regulations in place to monitor such things to prevent pollution from dairy from dairy farms into the waters of you know the streams, lakes, ditches. You name it, on Washington State, the Bay, of course. For us in Whatcom County, Portage Bay, that's a big deal. Shellfish Bay, are the rules that are in place enough? The big rule that uh, that was being debated is called a CAFO uh, permit that the state has recently updated. And dairy farmers said some of the things that the state was going for maybe didn't really make a whole lot of sense to protect water quality, but would be punitive in some ways or, or difficult for businesses, for farms to deal with. Uh, of course, environmentalists on the other side saying it didn't go nearly far enough. The state itself was in court as well. It was this interesting kind of three-way court argument that was ongoing. They were saying what they drafted was good and, and we should go with it. So they were somewhere in between. And now, finally, after a long, long wait, we have the results of what this state board, the Pollution Control Hearings Board, thinks about the the new dairy regulations that the state has drafted. Um, and and really, the, the ones the, that were appealed, the rules were, were arrived there with some compromise and work with the dairy community, with others. And that was what the, the, the environmentalists said didn't go far enough joining me right now with the washington dairy federation their executive director dan wood he was in court following all of this working with legal teams and and testifying himself as well to some of these issues and and it, of course it gets very technical there's a lot of science there's a lot of law and legal precedent and all that kind of stuff how are you feeling right now um dan because dairy farmers are gratified in a lot of ways the ruling really shut down what the environmental activists were trying to do with all of this. But at the same time, there are some pretty big concerns. Yeah, there's still some concerns with some of the requirements of the permit. Uh, but for Western Washington dairies, the biggest concern 
was Department of Ecology uh, at the last moment without public testimony being possible change the point of measurement of the lagoon liner and uh, basically made perfectly functioning lagoons and liners uh, non-compliant if somebody had the permit. So the the law requires uh, two feet of vertical separation from the bottom of the liner, I'm sorry, the bottom of the lagoon uh, to the high water table, a uh, high water mark. Uh, and uh, for groundwater. Mm-hmm. And so what ecology did is they changed it and said, well, we're going to measure that two foot of separation from the outside of the lagoon liner, not the bottom of the lagoon where the Natural Resource Conservation Service, the federal agency with the expertise, uh, says you should measure. And so if that liner is uh, two feet thick, for example, you uh, clay bentonite liner, um, then you're measuring from the outside. You no longer have your two feet of separation. So people could have built their lagoons compliant with NRCS, Natural Resource Conservation Service. They could have been functioning absolutely perfectly, not discharging any pollutant to the groundwater, and ecology would have said those are bad lagoons and liners because we've changed the point of measurement. It really was a... um, uh, an un- underhanded uh, thing. Uh, it didn't have scientific basis to do that, and the Pollution Control Hearings Board ruled ecology aired and has to go back to the same scientific standards used by NRCS. Okay. That's a huge win for dairies in western Washington. Well, because uh, If that had th- been left in yeah. place, a lot of those dairies would have gone out of business. And, and that was one of the major things that was at stake here. There were more things, too, more things that we've talked about in the past on this program. Again, talking with Dan Wood right now, Executive Director of the Washington Dairy Federation. Um, and, Dan, let's roll back just a little bit for people who aren't familiar with dairy farming. When we talk about lagoons, we're talking about an earthen uh, manure storage facility. And this is one part of this, but it was a big part of this, this CAFO puzzle. When we say CAFO, we talk about CAFO regulations or the state's CAFO permit, what we're talking about is concentrated animal feeding operations, CAFO, or some people say CAFO, uh, same thing. So this is, again, the rules for dairy farms, not just dairy farms, though, as well, other kinds of you know beef feedlots, different uh, concentrated animal feeding operations, you name the animal, they have certain thresholds uh, that define you know how many animals you have to have in a, in a certain uh, you know barn space or what, whatnot on a piece of property uh, to fall under these regulations. So this is what was up in the air. We're talking about lagoons. We're talking about this measurement thing. And I know a lot of dairy farmers breathed a sigh of relief when they saw the state saying, no, actually, the feds are just fine on this. Uh, and they chastised right. and, essentially and this by this. came out Go ahead. Thursday. So this was a couple of days ago uh, that in the afternoon they issued the ruling. And that CAFO permit is something, uh, if the dairy farm has a discharge if they if if even the tiniest amount of dairy manure gets into the water uh even though that would be corrected immediately um then with that discharge they would have to get this CAFO permit and so the conditions of the permit uh are are very important that lagoon issue the 2 feet of separation and where you measure it from was the killer issue in western washington but there are issues that remain and the hearings board upheld Ecology's position. Uh, in our view, they still have uh, 
soil testing at frequency and depths far more than uh, will provide valuable information. Uh, that's a big expense. Uh, they have uh, limitations on uh, temperature-related and calendar-related for uh, spreading uh, the nutrients, the dairy manure, uh, on the cropland. Basically calculating uh, the science behind calculating when you can spread manure on the ground right, or not. Right, the, and, the and we, you know, T some 200 thing. We challenged those, and uh, those were upheld. The one issue where the hearings board ordered ecology, ecology to change was on the two feet of separation and where you measure that two feet from. Is it the inside or the outside of the liner? So, um, you know, the big issue in western Washington was the calendar and temperature spreading requirements. That's an issue in, I'm sorry, that was the big issue in eastern Washington. Yeah. It is an issue in western Washington as well, and the, the depth and frequency of the soil testing. But what I want folks to understand is the activists were advocating for very extreme requirements. They wanted double synthetic liners uh, in all of the lagoons, even though um, they didn't have evidence that those lagoons were discharging any pollutants. And the hearings board said they failed to justify it scientifically. They wanted to have an array of maybe dozens of, of groundwater monitoring wells uh, at each dairy, uh, eco uh, ecology said, even Department of Ecology said that goes too far, uh, and the hearings board upheld that, said they didn't justify it scientifically. They even pointed out, the hearings board pointed out, that ecology uh, had some errors in their calculations for uh, what's called Darcy's Law, which takes your surface area and your, your volume to calculate pressure and how much seepage goes through a lagoon liner. And they said ecology uh, had um, uh, an error in their calculation, and in fact, ecology admitted that during the hearing. And so, and ecology even agreed with uh, our position and the scientific testimony that the seepage, the moisture that comes through the liner, doesn't necessarily carry uh, any nutrients or viruses or um, any pollutants of any kind. Mm -hmm. That seepage is important for maintaining the structure of the liner. Uh, and it's important for the nitrification and denitrification process uh, that happens uh, that converts nitrogen and, and keeps it from uh, going down into the groundwater. I'm, I'm not going to go any further than that into <laughs> yeah. some of the... the and, and, and the, the crazy the part is you stuff. can go a lot farther than that because it gets very nitty-gritty, very scientific. It, it, is, it is really um, heady stuff when it comes to the science on this. And, uh, I mean, it was uh, a drain psychologically to sit through a week of testimony uh, all day uh, for a week uh, on this. But you really hear the science over and over and over, and you, you get uh, an even deeper understanding of how these uh, lagoon uh, liners work and why NRCS sets the standards the way they do. It's really a, a remarkable uh, biological scientific process that goes on. Uh, in and under the lagoons. And, you know, the activists uh, either don't understand it or they don't want to accept the science. But every extreme demand that they made, uh, that the activists made, was rejected by uh, the Pollution Control Hearings Board. 
And that was, I think, uh, pretty extraordinary. And those are the people who are supposed to be picky about it. I mean, th- these are the people tasked with making sure that pollution doesn't happen in Washington state. I mean, this board hears all kinds of things about oil and all different kinds of stuff. And that's who he, all this testimony was in front of. And it was them who said, basically, you activists who are saying that, quote, Washington burns with manure pollution you don't have the facts to back it up. You, what you're saying really isn't true. That's what I take away from this. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. We're talking with Dan Wood, Executive Director of the Dairy Federation here in Washington State. A little bit more about um, lagoons, because again, we're, we're trying to prevent pollution. So we, we talk about when uh, manure can be applied to fields. That's a place where, you know, runoff can occur if over-application happens, or if there's a spill actually on the farm site. And you know, manure gets into a ditch or into a stream. That's surface water uh, concern that we've talked about. And again, some some pretty significant issues going forward. We'll see what shakes out with, with some of the things that this Pollution Control Hearings Board is demanding in that realm that may not really make a lot of sense at all. Um, the, the other big area was protecting the groundwater. Um, and that's what this whole lagoon conversation is about. And again, the activists claiming that lagoons are just terrible. They're leaching all kinds of terrible things particularly nitrates into groundwater and they just didn't have the facts to back it up according to the pollution control hearings board ruling essentially um you talk about liners just again a little bit of background for people who aren't familiar uh lagoons built to nrcs standards uh, federal standards have a clay liner that's virtually impermeable there's essentially no leaching of anything happening through this earthen lagoon that is lined with again a natural product with clay they didn't say they didn't think that was enough and again the the state was messing around with how to measure that and they wanted to change the way it was measured which would have put all these people out of compliance the activists wanted to go even farther and wanted plastic double liners with leak detection which would have been enormously expensive for dairies and would have put a lot of dairies out of business. They wanted that. The state also saying, and you mentioned that in there, and that's something I know a lot of people have been following. Will this double liner thing happen? They said, basically that's not necessary. What, what the activists were calling for doesn't add up as far as what's needed scientifically to protect groundwater. They're saying the way lagoons work right now doesn't allow manure through uh, into the groundwater. And and that's what the science is showing, too. And I think you guys demonstrated that in court. You had evidence that, that these you know earthen, these clay liners actually do work, right? Right. And in, in fact, I, I want to read uh, a sentence uh, from the finding the facts and the ruling. So the, the activists, uh, again, were advocating extreme views and, and regulations. They said every lagoon... Uh, leaks and discharges nitrates, et cetera, et cetera. And here is the exact quote from the finding of facts. It says, ecology also determined that available information did not support a conclusion that seepage from all lagoons was resulting in the contamination of groundwater. That was ecology's position. And uh, the ruling by the hearings board uh, was uh, was based on accepting that fact. And, and we provided uh, testimony and and several PhDs uh, to testify on that, um, and they also said the board finds that the evidence established that a two foot vertical separation again this is from the high groundwater mark 
measured from the top of the liner inside the lagoon, that's where NRCS does it, to the water table is sufficient for attenuation of pathogens and viruses. So in a couple different places in the finding of fact and rulings, the, the hearings board is saying, look, the, the science is demonstrating that not only are the lagoon liners, the clay liners, uh, keeping, um, uh, uh, preventing a discharge of contaminants, um, even though they seep, there's moisture underneath, that's a beneficial thing. But the, the seepage and leaking contaminants are two different things. They're not leaking the contaminants, uh, and they are taking care of pathogens and viruses at the same time. That is uh, really remarkable to have the Pollution Control Hearings Board recognize that science. Well, and it shows so the, the, the science is on the farmer side, has been on the farmer side. The things that far, the farming community has been saying about this for years with their scientists and the people who have worked on this and studied this extensively has been vindicated really uh, against these folks these activists who had said that it wasn't true and that again quote washington was burning with manure pollution uh, the activist attorney um th this was a failure in court for him as well as the the activist organizations that had hired him to do this including puget soundkeeper alliance out of seattle uh, as well as resources for sustainable communities in bellingham they had you know paid the legal bills they were the the people supporting um this legal effort and and really they didn't get next to anything uh, that they had asked for and that's why our group uh, in a press release now and i'm speaking now for the group i work for uh which is save family farming is saying and this is a quote uh uh, yesterday from from uh, Skagit farmer Jason Vanderkoy, who's been on the show, he says now is the time for these environmental groups, particularly Puget Soundkeeper Alliance, to come to the table, sit down with farmers, and begin to work together. And that's what we've been asking for all along here, is to work together. Right. Let's talk about the science. We have science. Let's talk about it. Let's actually protect water quality rather than take things to court and try to get settlements and try to make money off of that and play a political game on TV cameras. Let's do some real stuff here. Let's keep real family farming here in Washington State, real family dairy farming in this case, and let's protect our environment and we can work together and collaborate on this rather than fight things out in court. Uh, I'm sure you're glad to uh, be to this point, at least, Dan, and, and who knows what's next, right? Yeah, I mean, this uh, there's 30 a uh, 30 day window to appeal this, and you're absolutely right, and Jason uh, is absolutely right about the environmental organization should be working with the farmers, the dairy farms, because they are protectors of the environment. It's been the law in Washington State for 20 years that every farm has to have a, a storage structure, the lagoons. Uh, some of them now have tanks, uh, metal tanks, uh, uh, for their uh, manure so that it, they can be spread at agronomic rates. That's, you know, rates that the plants can take up the nutrients. And they have to have a nutrient management plan and a whole bunch of other regulations. That's been the case. And a report to the legislature said we have 96, 97% uh, compliance with that hmm. amongst our dairies. That is a remarkable uh, environmental standard. But the environmental groups have been following this Pied Piper attorney who is uh, hauling in lots of money. Uh, some of the organizations are hauling in lots of fundraising because they're being told by this attorney 
that they are the protectors of the environment. In fact, this attorney has been trying to destroy dairy farms in Washington State, in Oregon, in Hawaii, in Idaho, and beyond uh, for 20 years. And again, they've had a 100% rejection by the Pollution Control Hearings Board in Washington State. These are not um, moderate to conservative people on this Pollution Control Hearings Board. These are folks that are, uh, at best, uh, moderate to very far to the left. They were asking a lot of tough questions, and they rejected all of the extreme demands by this attorney and the organizations that he led into this failure. So I'm hoping the environmental organizations will sit down uh, with the Dairy Federation, with the other uh, farming organizations, Safe Family Farming, uh, Watkin Family Farmers, the Farm Bureau, the Dairy Federation, etc., and let's find a way to support our dairy farms, uh, to attract investment in technology uh, so that, you know, we can work together to destroy greenhouse gases by doing compressed natural... Yeah. I mean, there's uh, so many things natural that, gas on our there's farms, so many digesters. things that can be done that this money can be spent on other than things that actually protect and help the environment things that actually make more fresh food produced here in washington rather than spending them on attorneys we've got to run to news uh, we are out of time right. dan wood executive director the washington dairy federation thank you so much for giving us this update here on the farming show all right thank you